Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And I'm with a really good friend of mine. His name is Todd Toback. All of y'all know Todd. Um, he's such a cool guy. I've had him on the podcast before. And I just he's one of my favorite people in the world. I love we, we, Todd and I talk. We're like girls. We're on the phone almost every day. And um, just kind of Todd's always building me up, man. He's always like, Joe, you're better than that. Pushing me, pushing me, and getting me out of my comfort zone. And uh, Todd has so much wisdom that um, I'm, just, I'm just really proud and happy to call him a friend. And I'm really glad he's on the podcast here to talk with you guys. We got a very specific thing to talk about on this podcast. We're going to be talking about how to go from hustler mode to business owner mode because Todd has done that over and over again. And um, Todd, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. I'm really excited. I know we've been friends for a long time. And, you know, the key word that you use, Joe, is transformation, right? Because when you first met me, uh, I, I was in a completely different business, right? I was, I was in your specialty. And uh, we've both transformed many times over. I mean, I know that when we got started, uh, we were talking about how to, how to hustle and, and put together lease option deals, Right. And then yep. you basically transformed, uh, you know, doing that business with the help of virtual assistants between before the word virtual assistant was even cool. Yeah. <laughs> so funny because those of you who don't know the history of story again, I was getting started uh, doing lease options back in 2008. I bought Todd's course and as uh, one of the bonuses for his course was a free coaching call. And I was so excited man. I was nervous. I remember exactly where I was. I was at this middle of the nowhere, Illinois, uh, at a power plant working a job. I had to spend the night there. I was frustrated with my job. And when you spend the night in one of these small towns, you know, luckily, hopefully you can find a decent apartment, uh, a hotel. And like the only place that you can actually eat is at these little restaurants where like they, they must only serve frozen food that they buy like once a week when they go into town to go to Sam's Club or something like that. It's just like, and I'm sitting there in the parking lot and I'm going through the course, writing down my questions, waiting for talk to Todd. Dinner's over. I'm in my car. I'm talking to Todd asking them a million questions. And I'm sure they were all just like all these stupid what if questions. But then at the end, I said, Todd, can I really like seriously, please tell me the truth. Can I really make a full-time income doing real estate? Like if I do what you say, can I really make a full-time income doing real estate? He said, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like so simple, right? Like what else is he going to say? But I, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear somebody believe in me and say, yes, you can do it. Of course you can. It's not that hard. And I believed him. And so it was, must have been like only four or five months after that, that I quit my job. I started doing more deals, making more money than I was at my full-time job. And I was making a good 75, 80 grand a year. And I was making more money three months consistently flipping lease option deals like Todd taught. And I thought, this is it. So mm -hmm. shortly after that, it was funny. Like I started doing a bunch of virtual assistants and Craigslist marketing and stuff like that. I, I said, I, I called Todd up. I remember being nervous about talking to Todd because like he didn't really kind of remember me, you know. And, uh, but it was cool. We, we hit off, became friends. Now I'm good friends with his brother, his two brothers. 
I get how many brothers do you have, Todd? Uh, I've got one, two, I've got four brothers. <laughs> okay, so I only know, I only know two of them, I guess. Uh, but anyway, um, glad to have you on the show. Glad to have you um, on the show. I'm really excited. And so one of my goals for the show, Joe, is that, you know, you kind of talked about, you know, wondering like, can I do this? Right. You know, can, can I do my first deal? Uh, can I have a full time, you know, uh, can I have a full time career doing this? Well, my goal for you and the audience, you may be thinking, can I really have a business that, that runs without me. And so my new level of learning, my new capability that I want to transfer to your audience, I want to give you belief. I want to give you excitement. I want to give you motivation. And I want to let you know it's possible to have a business that throws off cash month after month after month without your day-to-day -day involvement. And not only why it can be done, but also why it must be done. Yeah. Totally important. Really important. By the way, guys, we're broadcasting this live to Facebook and YouTube right now. If you are out there watching us live right now, please type in, say hello, tell us where you're from, and ask a question. So if you've got anything, comments or questions that you want to make right now, uh, please submit them in Facebook and YouTube. And hopefully this thing that I'm working shows the chat properly. But please just type in, say hello right now, tell us where you're from, and uh, we'll dive into this. So, Todd, uh, one, of the th one of the things that you're so good at, what we, what we wanted to really focus on is like how to remove yourself from hustler mode because it seems like people brag about hustling and it's just mm -hmm. ridiculous. How do you get yourself out of hustler mode into business owner mode? Talk maybe first about your journey. Like, you know, you were in that hustling mode. How did you get out of that into your business? What was it like for you? Well, you know, I mean, when we first get into real estate, all we want to do is our first deal, right? We're looking for that belief. And so we go out and we do everything that we can, right? We send the mailers or we do the bandit signs or you did the door knocking or you did the referrals or whatever it is that you do or cold calling and you drive and you drive and you drive and you work the deal and you do whatever it takes. And of course, it never went exactly like you planned it, but you get the check, you get the girl um, or you, you, know, you, 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 take, you put a check on Facebook and you show it, right? And no. you have this like validation. You're like, yes, yes, right? And then guess what? you have to do it all over again. Every month. Every single month. Now, here is something that people refuse to talk about because one of my superpowers, everyone has their superpower, um, but my superpower uh, power is um, really getting the truth out of people, the full story, right? I, 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 uh, I gain a lot of trust. I ask the right questions. Uh, both the people in our Next Level Wholesale, uh, next level wholesaling uh, Coaching Program, I do the same thing. But whenever I get in on a Facebook Live or, or on a messaging, I ask them, I say, hey, look, how much money are you actually netting, right? And so what you find is that most real estate investors who are posting those checks, and by the way, like, there's nothing wrong with celebrating, right, is that it's a constant grind, right? And they go from this, you know, this cycle of I'm going to send out marketing to I'm going to wait for the, uh, to, to getting the deal. And then I'm going to wait to send out my marketing before I do the next deal. And this is a constant state of what comes first, the chicken and the egg and this anxiety. Okay. So I used to live there, Joe, to answer your question. I remember back in, it was probably 2011 and I was doing deals and the market was recovering and I stopped feeling bad for myself because of the crash, but I was working really hard. And I looked over at my wife and remember, I was full-time at this point, and I said, I don't want to go to work today. Well, the crazy part was I owned my own business. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. Right. Didn't have a choice, right? And um, right then and there, I remember I was, uh, my wife was pregnant with my son, Brogan. 
And uh, I said, you know what? Like, I've got to, I've got to change this. I've really, really, really got to change this. And I was. What, what year was this, Todd? Uh, I think. Well, my son is nine right now, uh, so this is 2010, I think. 2010. Okay. So, um, you know, and so I made that decision, right? I made that decision that I was going to remove myself from my business. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Right, but I, I made that decision, and so I hired a consultant to come in. He didn't really know anything about real estate, and that was kind of cool. But he said, "Look, if you're going to systemize this, right, you really want to pick kind of one thing and do it really well, right? Because that way you can train other people to do it, and you know the process is simple and it can be done over and over and over again." So I was doing like owner finance deals and JV deals and wholesaling and lease options and you know you name it. And so it was really hard for me to to teach somebody that. And so I committed, I committed, I said, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to focus in on this one niche and it could have been any niche, right? It could have been lease options. It could have been owner finance. Um, but for me, I decided to focus on wholesaling. So that was the commitment. So when you start, you have to commit and say, not only would I like a business that runs without me, but I must commit because what will happen is that if you don't do this, you will eventually burn out. You will eventually miss leads. You will eventually miss deals. And what, you, what was working before will not work because you are not operating at the same level that you were, mm -hmm. right? The more that you do, the more you have to do, in the words of, of Michael Gerber, right? It's like, it's like this nasty snowball effect. And so I really want to uh, implore on our audience here today that um, if, if you don't decide to build a team, right, um, you will eventually really, really, really feel that pain like I did. And so um, that was my turning point, my decision. The first level was the commitment. That's good. You know, it's, um, what, what are some of the traits of a hustler, Todd? Um, taking Oof. too many calls themselves, going to the appointments themselves, doing the marketing. Okay. Well, well uh, I'll try to blow, uh, blow through these really fast, right? But um, you know, let's take a look at um, uh, marketing, right? So if all of a sudden you find yourself uh, sending out marketing at the last minute, right? And you're like, okay, I got to send out marketing and you're running in front of list source or, you know, uh, cold calling or whatever it is and pulling the list at the last moment, and you're stuffing out marketing with this anxiety before this deadline, that's probably a sign you're a hustler. If you're waiting to do a deal before you send out your marketing, you're probably a hustler. If you don't have a spreadsheet that has a schedule in advance, you're probably a hustler, right? That's marketing. Um, for, and by the way, I know a lot of people are seeing these symptoms and this is okay, right? The first, the first step to recovery is acceptance, right? So I, I, I've been there. This was me. I remember in 2010 being in front of the list source screen, right? Um, for motivated seller leads, right? Taking calls at all hours of the night and the weekend, um, Letting, letting leads sit in the inbox for a couple of days before getting back to them, right? Knowing, have this, having this sick feeling in your stomach that you need to follow up with people in your database, but not doing it because you're just tired of being on the telephone, okay. right? So a lot of reasons why people see their conversion go down, right, is because on, on direct mail or PPC is because they don't want to get on the telephone anymore, Right, and they don't want to talk to any seller who's not ready to jump off a cliff if they don't sell their property. Right, that's like the turning point. You've been in the business for four months, you're like, if this guy is not motivated, I am getting off the phone in 30 seconds. Right, that's the sign 
Go ahead. You're, I think the, one of the biggest signs is you're not following up and you're not making offers to every Oof. seller lead that comes in. Com- completely, right? And of course, that's so easy if you have help. Oh. All right. So what does being a business owner look like? Um, well, uh, a business owner, and by the way, you know, you took, uh, uh, there's an assessment, by the way. Is it okay if I share that assessment, by the way? Of course. Yeah. yeah this. So if you go to nextlevelwholesaling.com, there's an assessment actually which will have you score yourself in those four areas. And so you'll notice some of the symptoms and there list some of the symptoms. I'm putting that in the, by the way, we're getting a lot of comments here. Um, people telling us where they're from, which is cool. And if you guys have questions, I'll answer, I'll ask them to Todd here in a minute, but next level There's an assessment there. Yeah. So you can download the assessment and it'll have you rate yourself in the four core areas of your business. Right. And, and so it'll have a lot of those symptoms also for disposition and account, uh, accounting, cash flow and accounting. That's a huge one. Right. And so um, what, what I don't want you to do is that right now is you probably feel guilty and you're angry at yourself and shame because you're not doing X, Y, Z. Well, I want to let you know that this is not your fault. Right. I myself, if I had to answer the phone right now, I could probably do it if my family was in grave danger and this is how I got them out but it'd be very difficult for me to do all of those things. And so I think the word is like, you've got to hustle more and grind harder. And that's not it, right? The fact fact of the matter is you can't do it and you shouldn't be doing as the the owner. And so your job now is to say, what does this look like? Well, now you have to get to a new level, a new capability, and that's leadership, right? So now you're thinking, my skill before was hustling. My new skill, Joe, is leading others. Attracting them, training them, motivating them, teaching them, putting them in the best position to win. That is my job now. That is the new me, right? Mm -hmm. That's the new me. And so that was, this took me a really, really long time to realize, right? Joe Rogan says, this is me now, right? And I I love that. Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like? Well, now my typical days... Uh, and by the way, there's always like new levels of leadership, right? So uh, my typical days now are doing Facebook lives, right? And attracting people into our business, right? If there's salespeople, right, that I see, I, I bring them in to our business. I meet with our marketing manager, Brett. He reports all the marketing numbers. Here's the marketing I'm sending out. Here's why I'm sending it out. Here's the return. Here's what's not working anymore, right? By the way, that's very real, right? You've got to be on that, right? Here's what is working. Great. Keep doing that, right? Just a little bit of encouragement, right? And so um, empowering those people, right? If all of a sudden you see the numbers and conversion is in there, right? And conversion is basically you're taking the leads that you have, right? And and is the money coming out? Is there an acceptable amount of money coming in? And what do those trends look like? Now, I can tell you, but, you know, a lot of people like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to go through those numbers, I don't want to dig through my spreadsheets, right? Guess what? Don't do it. Yeah. Right? Like, I am not good at that. I am not a bookkeeper. I've never logged into QuickBooks, right? I mean, I barely know how to use a Google spreadsheet, right? But if someone presents one to me at a set date, once a month, on my calendar, and forces me to look at it without me having to input any data, I feel really good about that. And I, and I look at my team now and I say, okay, Here's the data. What's our next step? Now, in my mind, I kind of know what that next step is, right? If, if I see it. But now as my job as a leader is now to 
always be encouraging my, deci- uh, my team to now make those decisions uh, without me or make those judgment calls. And I know there's probably a lot of fear, by the way, going through your head. And I, and I have all those fears too. So we can kind of review some of those fears, Joe, if that's okay. Well, yeah. I, one of the things that somebody told me once um, when we were at a, we were at the same mastermind a few years ago. And uh, he, this was a guy who had a pretty big successful business. And he told everybody, listen, listen guys, if you don't know your numbers, you don't have a real business. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was floored. I never heard anybody talk about it like that. And straight up in your face, if you don't know your numbers, you don't have a real business. And I realized like, crap, I don't know my numbers. You know, <laughs> my, I just look at my bank account, see how much money's in there. And I know what I have to spend. Like, yeah. I just kind of know maybe the next couple deals that are coming in or the next things I got going on. But man, I don't know my numbers as well like I should. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the numbers you need to know as a business owner? Like maybe what are some of the KPIs, uh, key performance indicators, and how do you, what are those numbers that you should be tracking? Sure. So Joe, I'm going to address those, right? But let me talk about the real issue because a lot of people brag like, I know my numbers and you can create a, a report in Podio, right? Report is like, you know, where it's a CRM where everyone has their customer yeah. database. But most of the problem, and I'll review the KPIs, but most of the issue there is that people do not set a date. They do not have the correct habits to act on those numbers. Okay. That's the real issue, right? So like to get the numbers is not that big of a deal, right? But what, is, what are the habits that we have as business owners? So our old habit used to be hustling. Well, a lot of times we'll hire teams or we'll order marketing, but we don't have a habit of reviewing and acting on those numbers. So I, I really want to emphasize the habit of slowing down, getting out of, ha- at a, at a hustle mode and reviewing those numbers to make decisions, right? Okay. So my action item for everybody is once you know the numbers, make sure that somebody else is pulling them and getting in them in a spreadsheet that forces you now to review them. The simplest thing that you can do is on your calendar, just put um, on your calendar to set a, a, a recurring appointment on the fourth Monday or fourth Friday of every month to review those numbers with someone on your team. Offsite, offsite. So, I'm sorry, Joe, are we gonna ask me what the numbers are now? Yeah, what, what are some of the numbers you wanna track that's important to track? Uh, well, the biggest thing right now, especially you know, with the market getting more competitive, right, is you have to know what the ROI is on your marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really important. Now, let me give you, a, uh, everybody here, a tip. Because when you're in hustler mode, you're like, oh my gosh, I send out a mailing. I didn't do a deal in 90 days. I'm going broke, shut off direct mail. I'm moving to cold calling. <laughs> right? That's a real emotional decision, right? Oh, yeah. Real emotional. That do that. A lot of people that do that, right? Well, slow down, Nelly, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be tracking those numbers over a, at least, at least a six-month period and more like two years. Mm-hmm right? Uh, I'm not saying that you need to, to wait to make any money from two years, but let's say you have a direct ma- a marketing campaign and you're like, hey, I'm only getting a three and a half to 400% return on my marketing, right? Well, you're like, hey, let's throw that away. Well, maybe over two years, that's going to turn into six. And so that's why one of the reasons why we've been able to remain strong in direct mail and not throw that out the window as the market sh- changed. Um, so that's the main thing. The second thing is uh, what is your profitability per acquisition specialist? 
Right. So if you have somebody working for you, right, every, we have all this drama of like, what if they don't do a good job for me? Well, what's a good job? Right. What is a good job? Right. So determine that. Right. So profitability per marketing, per acquisition specialist. And that's the, the, the number that we want to be looking at. Um, three for me is going to be uh, deal size, right? You always want to keep a very, very close eye on that because that is a massive, massive, massive predictor of uh, profitability. Sure. Massive, um, uh, massive predictor of, of uh, predictability. Uh, and the other number that I uh, like to track is number of days from uh, contract to close. Those are like the main four. Interesting. Cool. All right. So somebody's out there, Todd. Um, well, first, before I ask that, we were talking about fears just a minute ago. What are some of the fears that people have um, with going from hustler to business owner? Um, well, there's a lot, right? So the first thing is, uh, am I ready? Am I ready to hire somebody? Can I afford this person? No. Right. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll list some and then we can address some. You tell me which ones you think are most compelling for the audience. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, can I afford this person? Uh, number two is uh, this person's going to see how sloppy my business is. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a fraud. I'm a fake, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, three, I'm not ready Four, I'm going to create competition, um, you know, in my local market. Right. Like wholesaling is this big secret. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, uh, that's the other one. Uh, five is what's the you know, ramp up time, right? So those are like the main five, uh, six, and then am I going to go broke? All of those things. Yeah. So let's talk about it's going to cost me too much money. I remember hiring my first virtual assistant worrying about is this going to cost me too much money? Mm -hmm. I remember you pushing me hard years ago, four or five years ago, with hiring a local assistant. I was like, oh man, I can't do that. But you know, I'm so glad I did. After I hired that virtual, that local assistant who worked and I got an office, my income and productivity doubled or tripled. I mean, it was just, I was blown away. You can't afford not to build a team, mm -hmm. right? Well, so let me go back to that. Like you can't afford it. Well, I think the biggest thing is you want to get really resourceful, right? So uh, one of the things that we do in Next Level Wholesaling is that first week we have everyone take a look at actual the marketing expenses. And you often find, because we haven't had like a laser focused, um, you know, uh, bird's eye on this, that you're act the pe most people are wasting like 40 to 60% of their, their mailing dollars, right? On lists that don't convert, right? So they lump all of direct mail into like one pile, right? And then like, oh my gosh, I haven't done a non-owner occupied deal in a year, right? Well, you might want to get rid of that list, right? If it's not performing. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And so you don't know that unless you track your numbers, you don't know that unless you track your numbers. Right. This, uh, the second thing is that right now you are, so people are like, I can't afford to, well, if you're spending like 3000, 4000, 5000, $6,000, $7,000 in direct mail, right. Right now you are in danger of losing that money. That's seven, $8,000 because you are overwhelmed, overworked, and not converting. So the very thing that you are afraid of going broke because of your hiring, you're actually going to broke because you're not hiring because you're throwing away marketing dollars. I don't know about you, but if I was a one man show dealing with seller leads at this point, I probably would be going right. So that is my, you know, that is my, my pet peeve. Now 
going broke, here's the, cra- the, here's the amazing thing, is most people are obsessed with, okay, I'm going to go broke and this person, I've got to pay them maybe a $3,000 a month salary, $4,000 a month salary, $5,000 a month salary. And they think, okay, $60,000 for the year. I can't afford that. Well, the beauty of this is as you bring somebody on, is you're going to know right away whether they're going to be productive. Like that immediate, you know, it's two, three weeks, four weeks, you're going to know. So the most that you're in danger is that, you know, first, second, third month salary. That's it. Right now, you're going to find that once you go all in, that you're going to see an immediate jump in productivity, right? And you're now going to start to have this confidence like, hey, this was a really, really, really good idea. Yeah. So can you also, because we got 10 minutes left, Todd, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure we're using our time here. Could you also um, go to the extreme? Where do you find, like, how do you know when you've gone too far? You have too much overhead. It's too bloated. And you're like, you're spending way too much money. How do you, how can you run your business efficiently like a well-oiled machine mm-hmm. where every piece is being used to its full potential? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I've been there. I mean, I've scaled up and I've scaled down. I've scaled up and I've scaled down, right? So it's, you know, it's funny. Last year, we actually uh, scaled down. We still had a team, but it was one of, my, one, one of my best years. Not my best year, but one of my best years wholesaling real estate. Right. And so the, the one thing that you want to take a look at is, is each person producing the revenue or the production that I need. Right. Are they, are, are they a functioning member of the team and do I need this position? And so you're looking at profitability. The first thing is that you're looking at profitability. Right. And if profitability is rising, you're in good shape. If you see profitability dipping, right, well, now you need to keep a very, very close eye on what's going on. And so many people, they'll get very emotional about what's going on. If you know the numbers, you can see what's going on and make adjustments accordingly, right? Yeah. So I know some people who have big teams who are not that profitable, right? I know some people with a few people who are very profitable and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing is being on top of that, training your people, getting maximum output from everybody, having everyone on the same train. And if you do that, you should be okay, right? If not, look at the numbers, don't get emotional, make decisions, right? And, and the team will rise to the occasion. That's good. That's good. Um, one of the things I think people need to think about too, I, and, and as you know your numbers, this will become apparent to you. You'll see this before it becomes a problem. Um, the bigger your business gets, the smaller your margins get as a, in terms of a percentage, right? Sure. Um, so if you're doing maybe 100000 a year, you're keeping maybe 40% of that for, for profits. When you start building a team of five, six people, you may be making a million a year, but your, your, your profits are going to go down to maybe – 20%. Mm-hmm. So um, talk about like, because you were at a point, Todd, and you mentioned this earlier, but you were doing 500 different things. And, and you thought you had to do all of them. And you hired this business consultant guy to come and look at your business. And he looked at each piece individually and said, well, this makes sense, but why are you doing these other things? Like this, mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense, right? Um, can you touch on that a little bit? Talk about, uh, the importance of focus and how, when you focus, can you increase your profit margins? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, one of my recommendations, I mean, at a hundred thousand dollars, I mean, you know, let me say this, you should be running at a 65% profit margin, right? So let me say that. Yeah. 
right? Um, you know, uh, last year we ran at like a 43% profit margin. I'll have to take a look at the numbers here in front of me, but it, it, was, it was in the close to the mid 40s. Um, I, you know, I want to I let you know that on a three-person team, you can run a million-dollar wholesaling business above a 40% profit margin. So that's the cool thing about this business, and I want to reiterate that. If you're not there, you need to make some changes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going back to your question about focus, of course, right? Because think about this, is that as you hire people and you're doing a million different things, and, I, and I've been guilty of this, I don't do this anymore. But that person that you have in front of you is your most precious asset. They will make you more money than any real estate strategy, than any stock, than any house. This is the person in front of you. And so if you are in a million different direction, your team needs you to lead. And so when you are like, oh, I'm going to be, uh, you, know, uh, getting, uh, uh, you know, flipping houses on eBay, right? Versus now I'm doing wholesaling, whatever this is, right? is that now your attention is diverted from your team. Mm -hmm. And you're not giving them the training, the resources, the marketing, because you are over here. And so you're not giving them your best. And yeah. so that's gonna divert everything. Now, if you're a one-man show, that's even more apparent, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're doing five different things. Your marketing is probably a garbage show. And, I, and believe me, I'm not judging. I've been there, but I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Todd, I am looking at your Facebook page right now. I want to do, if it's all right with you, another podcast, part two. Um, almost every day you're on there doing videos, and they're so good. Like, I'm, I'm looking here, the secret to predicting and managing cash flow when bringing on a new hire. How to develop crazy confidence to jump to the next level. Is it okay to hire an aspiring wholesaler? You suck because you're scared of the pain and what to do about it. Smoking hot deal, case study, live acquisitions, training here. Um, you've got four easy, super easy steps to turbocharge your marketing and skyrocket success. Um, easy tips to stabilize cash flow, reduce stress, boost cash flow in your wholesaling business. Rockstar team members will close your deals for you. So you've got all of these good videos. What I'd like you to do, Todd, if it's all right, is on a next episode that we record together here, because I got to get going here in four minutes. Uh, would you be willing to share with us and just teach, like take maybe five of your best videos that you've done and just teach that stuff to us in a future podcast? Would you be open to that? I'd love to do it. Because we, we just really scratched the surface and uh, I, I, I don't want to go too much longer. I think there's so much more that you uh, can teach us. But, guys, go look at Todd's Facebook page right now. It's called Todd Toback, Lion Pride Real Estate Investing. Is that the place they should go, Todd? Yeah, that's what, um, you know, Next Level Wholesaling, download the assessment. And then uh, catch me on Facebook. I, um, I, I publish those videos live, and then we also upload those to YouTube too. Next Level Wholesaling com nextlevelwholesaling.com then also go to facebook because todd does these videos almost every day todd toback just look him up in facebook you'll see his videos in there lion pride real estate investing is one of his pages um really good stuff they're inspiring videos you know just real practical step by step this is what you need to do and i think it'd be good having todd back on here maybe taking the five of those best videos and just teaching them again to us i think that'd be good all right awesome um Cool, Todd. Thanks for being on. 
we'll, uh, we'll get off here and then reconnect in just a minute, uh, get you back on, do another live podcast like this. We have been getting questions and I've not even been able to answer them. Um, so I apologize for you guys that have been typing in comments. Um, appreciate that. Keep the comments coming. Todd will be looking at them as well in Facebook, on YouTube. He can respond to them and answer any questions you have. If yeah, you Joe, I, by the way, I promise, because uh, I, I do want to re really respect everyone who's watching, I'm gonna, I'll go to your Facebook page uh, and I'll answer some of those questions. Good, nice, all right. So guys, this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. If you want to listen to this podcast again, if you wanna get the show notes, if you wanna get the links we talked about and the transcripts of this podcast, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, do a search for Toback. You'll also see the other episodes that we did. I remember one of my favorite episodes I've ever done on the podcast was when I was interviewing Todd about a subject similar to this, uh, about hiring local assistants and uh, acquisition managers. And uh, I was getting bombarded with questions from my students at the time of like, you know, how do I hire somebody? They had so many fears and all of that. Well, we did a podcast with Todd and uh, we dove deep into that stuff and it was really good. So you can find all of that at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Cool. Got to go, Todd. I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks, Joe. All right. We'll have you on again, and we'll see you guys later, everybody. Bye-bye.